Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and immersion and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And this week we are speaking to Kathy Adams. She's a physiotherapist who has been working alongside children and their families for the past 35 years. She's passionate about providing encouragement, support and tools to assist parents to have fun with their children, help them grow, thrive, chase their goals and dreams together. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right. This is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Mandy. It's just 1P today. Kate is in the thick of selling her home and moving. So um, today it's 1P only. So the sun is shining in Melbourne. It's kind of cold warm and we always talk about the weather. So there you go. Um, but today I'm excited to speak to someone who's been really a big, um, important part of my life. Um, would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Kathy. Um, I'm a physiotherapist and I've been working with kids and their families for 35 years. So that gives you an indication of how old I am. But, um, and I've had the great privilege of working with Mandy and a couple of her children. So we've known each other for a long while. Yes, we have. And I'm sorry it's taken so long to get you on the podcast, Kathy. It's exciting to hear it. all the physio PS are listening going, finally, we've got a physio <laughs> on. <laughs> so let's get to our questions. So do you have any special music that you listen to in the good times or the tricky times? Well, look, Spotify would tell you that my favourite song 
is do the propeller by the wiggles, <laughs> which I say to my hubby proves the point that I actually do use my Spotify account for work and that I don't listen to that by choice, but it's a really great song to use for therapy because there's so much ac action and fun and the kids absolutely love it. Yeah. So so that's that's the Spotify one that they think is, is my favourite song. Um, but I do like to, as I head to work in the morning, I like to listen to some music that gets me in the right space to be able to um, sort of be, be confident in what I'm doing and to equip myself to help parents. Mm -hmm. So my my sort of song at the moment is one that not, not everyone will necessarily know, but it's by a, a person called Lauren Daigle and it's called You Say mm -hmm. um, and it's quite a powerful song. What a um, song. I, I'd love to tell you a few lyrics from it. Tell me. I, I won't sing them. I'll I'll, I'll read them. <laughs> I'll read them out because you just you know when you know the song you just want to sing it, but you don't want to hear me doing that. Um, but look, it, it talks about um, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie tells me I will never measure up. Mm. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Mm. Um, remind me once again who I am. I need to know. Oh and I think that's that's really powerful. But then the the chorus goes on to say, um, "You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. Mm. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. Mm. You say I'm held when I'm falling short. When I don't belong, you say I am yours." Oh. And they're really powerful words. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, for me, th this is a Christian song and that's the background it's coming from. And for me, I have a strong faith and I, I find that that just really encourages me to know that um, I'm where God wants me to be and I'm doing the, the best thing I can. But it's also a song that I think really equips me for when I go to work and help my families because as a physio, I don't think I'm just a physio. I, I'm there trying to be a holistic Yes. support working alongside families yes. so it's this is a song I reckon every parent should have a listen to because oh, I know. and I even as the mum you're waiting for your physio to come and do your home visit or go and you know sometimes there's so many appointments and those words I would often feel like I haven't done enough I haven't we haven't done enough yeah. we haven't you know all of that yeah so you know I, I try to get across to every parent that they are strong that they are supported, mm. that they are loved, and most importantly, that they belong. Mm. And, you know, I think all of us have got s someone, whether you've got a faith or not, I think you've got people around us who who provide that for us. Mm. And I hope as a physio that I'm sort of a cheerleader for, for the parents and the families that I work with. Um, and I hope people listening might be able to resonate to that. Mm. Um, but you might have friends or families that, that are your cheerleader and I would suggest, having having done a bit of listening to your podcast, that Mandy and Kate and the listeners are also the cheerleaders to everyone who's listening here. You're not alone. You belong and you're part of this tribe. Yeah, it's an awesome, incredible group of listeners and it's like yeah. a P team. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. What about did you win any awards at school? Oh, that's a long time ago, Mandy, a really long time ago for me. Won any physio awards? <laughs> uh, look, at, at school, I used to actually win sports awards. I was a real sports person. So, um, yeah, that was that was my thing. Um, look, I, I did have the privilege a couple of years ago to win um, the Australian Physiotherapy Association um, Anne McCoy Award, 
which is an award for outstanding services to the paediatric physiotherapy profession. So I feel very honoured to have been awarded that um, a few years ago. How did you, who nominated you? Did you nominate yourself? <laughs> oh, no, no, you, you, you can't do that. Um, a colleague, you know, I didn't know about it at the time, but a colleague note, um, nominated me and then there's sort of a, a process of all these questions that had to be go through and it goes to a committee and um, obviously they thought I was worthy enough. So, um, yeah, I received that award. So that was, that was special. But um, I'm not into individual awards. I'm about working collaborat collaboratively with, with you know, team of people. Yeah, but I think that's good for all our listeners and the physio listeners to hear. That's a really that's a special and important award within your field. Yeah, look, and it's and we lost um, awards, you know, and it was like a bummer, really. <laughs> but I wanted to win. <laughs> okay, and tell well, you've sort of shared already why you're in the P tribe, um, but also, do you want to tell us a little? Um, in your words, tell us why you're in the P tribe. Yeah, so look, obviously, I'm a physio, and I have a real passion for working with kids and families. I've all all my life wanted to work with children. And um, I originally thought I'd be a teacher because that, that's the way you work with children. But my dad and my brother and my sister were all teachers, so there was no way I was going to follow along. So I thought I'll be an individual. And I love sport and I love kids. So I went, I wonder if I can put sport and kids together as a physio. And that's what I did. And 35 years later, I'm very delighted to still be working in the same field I started in. And I just love it. And I feel like I'm so blessed every day I go to work. So when you finished year 12, did you go straight to uni? Straight to uni. Yeah. And four years straight and then straight to work. Um, I did a year working as a general physio. Um, and then I was really fortunate to get a job at the Royal Children's Hospital. So um, once I got there, I stayed there for eight years and then moved out into the community to do community-based physio when I was at the stage that I was starting my own family. Right. So when you yeah. started at the Royal Children's, what area did you go into first? Did you get a choice or was it like this is where you're going? Uh, look, they have, they have a wonderful program that was a graduate program so that you did um, sort of four months in an area, then you'd move on to another area and right. keep working through there. And I was very fortunate um, that I was then able to move on to a senior role working in their developmental paediatric area um, and lead that team for a couple of years as well um, before I finally left. So I was very well grounded and really well educated and supported in working with peds and then decided I want to take this out to the community where I live and, and you know, the people that are part of my world and take my skills there. Yeah. Uh, so were you at the old hospital? You would have been. I was, yes, yes, a long time ago. I remember it. But it's amazing now. It's no. such a great hospital. I just remember going, I mean, I went there as a child and then the girls had their first big surgery at the old hospital and then the week after, that's when the new one opened. Oh, wow, there you go, timing. <laughs> but I remember going to the new one, it was so organised, like go straight down to X-ray and walk in, whereas the old hospital was like up through corners and corridors and yeah I mean it was incredible. Yeah look so different I have um, spent a bit of time at the new hospital um, with 
um, one of my children with medical issues. So it was such a contrast to, you know, the old hospital that I'd worked in to then be there as a parent, sort of wearing the other hat in the new hospital and just seeing how wonderful it was and how it just suited things so much better. And, you know, the couches to sleep on at night were actually comfy and all of those sorts of things, which I'm sure there's probably people listening who have experienced many a, a night in at the children's hospital. Yeah. So when you were in the hospital setting, what um, what what do you think you learned in those eight years about working with families? It's different in a hospital setting. Look, it is different. I, I guess I, I learned about a whole team of people needing to come together to support the needs um, and a, as that group also needing to look at the family and the children holistically, that there's a lot more to their world than just here at the hospital. Mm. And I think that's where I was able to take those skills out into the community and and see things more from the, the local perspective and the your natural environment sort of perspective. So we met you after both my girls had surgery on the same day. So that yes. one had an osteotomy, the other one had some tendon stuff. And so that was the first time we met you. What did you think when you heard about these twins having surgery at the same time? <laughs> well, it, it, was that before? Um, no, look, you were the first twins that I'd had t- together. I've had some twins but not having surgery together. Um, uh, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is going to be really hard work for the family but it also meant that they were doing it together. And I think, you know, and along that journey of their rehabilitation and all their physio, I think that was a real benefit because, you know, it was harder for one of your girls than the other one. And, you know, to be able to have sort of an encourager and a cheerleader there to to help along and they weren't doing it just themselves. So, yeah, I, I, I think it was amazing and, and the strength of you and Dad to, to, to support them through that. Well, you're just in it. So you just, I mean, there was all the lead up. We knew it was going to be tricky, but when you're in it, you're just like, my gosh, you know, half times, didn't we? Uh, Yes, I can can remember a few tears. I know. know, Not just the girls, probably us as well. Yeah. And then, and there was the whole liaising with the hospital and all those kinds of things. That was communication sort of challenges and and I think that's where when I moved into the community you really appreciate you know trying to get that real open um, lines of communication between the hospital and in the local community is just so important to to make it easier for families. Yeah yeah not felt like I was sort of in the middle. Yeah yeah that's right. I never felt like so yeah I just remember that one time trying to bend that knee oh my gosh I'm remembering it too and I think it probably highlighted Mandy some of the things that that we do as pediatric physios is trying to incorporate play as much as possible into your therapy obviously post-op you really have to do some structured stuff but but using play to the best of your ability is just so important so you would come with your suitcase of stuff and the girls knew that there would be fun. Yeah. Know, reaching and putting stuff on the windows and bubbles and all sorts of amazing stuff. Do you think, um, because you were a mother by then, do you think that there were, you had some extra skills from having children of your own to understand more about play or did you always feel like that was important? 
Uh, look, play has always been important. And, you know, before I had kids, I thought that I had that well covered. But I realised once I was a parent myself, you just had a far greater understanding. And I think I just developed a greater repertoire of things. I never thought I was a creative person, but, you know, you have to become creative, you know, and figure out how do you do it. You know, when you want a child to stand on one leg, you can't just tell them stand on one leg, you know. You kick a ball, you pop a bubble, you, you know, you, you make a circle in the air, you, you stomp on a whoopee cushion and you make it fart and kids love farts, you know. You, you just become more and more creative, I think, the, the more you do it and the, the more interaction you have with different children who have different sense of humours and different ways of playing. True. And I think by the time we got to you, it was a different physio. We had early intervention physio and that was all around getting them moving possibly getting to walking. So this was a different physio for our family to deal with as well, sort of after after surgery. So yes. Awesome that you home visited. I just remember thinking, thank goodness I don't have to get them out. Yeah, and look, and, and I think all our early intervention services and physio services have progressed over the years and we know of the value of working with families in the natural environment. It's, you know, if we can go to where they're at, and have them in a familiar spot, then that just makes it so much easier, not to mention the logistics of, you know, packing up two girls have got plaster casts, you know, into a car to get to somewhere else to get their therapy. It was incredible. And a baby. So just Yeah, that's right. You must have come yeah. in thinking, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and what about um some you do have a space where families can come to you though? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So, look, I, I do um, two days where I work in the clinic and, and that sometimes allows me to have access to families coming from far and wide that's too far to travel to um, to come in. And there are some families that actually prefer to come to a neutral spot that they find that it can be really distracting for their child in their home environment or various reasons that they choose to not have someone there. Um, but certainly there's benefits and on the other days um, I'm going to homes, childcare centres, um, school, kinder, hydrotherapy pool. So, you know, very flexible. So my job never gets boring. There's always something different to do. Definitely. And I also felt like I, I think maybe it must have been a little bit later with her next surgery. It was all when the NGIS was exploding and you were having to move towards that. And I could see that was huge, you know, having to write letters and all that sort of stuff. How yeah. did you manage that time? Look, the NDIS coming in has been a wonderful thing and a challenging thing all in one. And I'm sure everyone's there just smiling and nodding about that. Yeah. It, it's opened up access to things that just wasn't possible before. Um, but it's also you know, brought in lots of administrative things along the way. And I know I've heard you talking in other podcasts, Mandy, about forms. Yeah. And um you must and I them. hate yeah, I hate forms, but that's just part and parcel of um, you know, what's come in with the NDIS. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's given us access to funds and and services that were, you know, were never available before or out of the reach of families from a financial perspective. So that's that's been really wonderful. Yeah. I guess one of the wait for certain funding for AFOs and and so now we can just, you know, get the AFO or get yeah. so whatever those sort of things. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. One of the things that I've found challenging is because of the model of the NDIS and, and by the nature it's a government-funded agency, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the work that we do in early intervention has always been about strengths-based and, and being positive and looking at what the child can do rather than what the child can't do. But when you then step into a disability-funded model, you flip things on your head and, and that's really challenging. And I think that must be so hard for families that, you know, we have to write these reports to to, to gain funds for a child and, and, and have to speak about the things that they can't do and that they, they have difficulty with mm-hmm. rather than celebrating, you know, the things they can do. I try to include both of that in my reports, but I think the reality is when we've got people looking at funds, they're looking at the, yeah. you know, the, the what the deficits. So so that's really challenging. And I just really try to encourage parents to um to just read those reports briefly and to look at your child through your eyes. I think you get better at that as time goes on. Um, but I think in the and I think there's peak times like we're getting ready for school or we're getting ready for Oh no, kinder or getting ready for high school. There's these big all those transitions. School, all the transition times feel like okay. We're getting all these letters telling us all the things our kids can't do, and then there's some lull times where it's like okay, well I I don't have to read that. Yeah, and I think I like to encourage parents to to realise that they know their child better than anybody else does, and I. I I think sometimes you can feel, and that's why I like that song at the start, sometimes you can feel so inadequate and yet you are the expert in your child's life. You are the one who knows them better than anyone else. Yeah. And, and you know, be strong with what you know and you believe about your child because, you know, they are, every child is wonderful and unique and beautiful and you know all of those strengths and I think it's really important to to make sure you, you get that across to the people that you're working with. Yeah, and I, I think that's an interesting thing that I want to ask you a little bit about, working with parents because that's who we're primarily speaking to in this podcast. You know, what is it like, How what has the toll been on you over 35 years, working with people that are having a difficult time? How do you look after yourself? Yeah, look, that's that's a really good question. Um, look, you know, I was just saying to someone this morning, there are, there are some days that you just go, this is the most wonderful day and how blessed am I to be doing what I'm doing. But there are other days where I go home and, and the honest truth is, you know, I just curl up and cry and, you know, that's where it's wonderful to have a good support base around you. I've got a wonderful husband who I can sort of debrief with and, and share the, the tough times without break, breaching confidentiality. But, you know, say today was really tough and and something really sad happened. We're working with human suffering sometimes and children, that's a really tough job. Yeah, look, that's right. And look, and again, I guess I have a faith that helps me um, gain some strength from that. And I, I, I believe I'm in the spot I'm meant to be and I've been gifted in ways to help other people. Um, so that, that helps me. But sometimes I, I talk about a love tank and that I need to make sure my love tank's full at the start of the day because often I empty it out throughout the day. Um, and then then depending on my day, I might listen to things or talk to someone on my way home to refill my love tank before I come and share more with my family and have to have some in store again. Oh, what about, um, do you have many colleagues out in the community? 
Yeah, look, absolutely. And and we, you know, we do good networking. Um, and I guess because I've been around for a long while, part of what I have tried to set up is sort of some mentoring. So I have a number of um, paediatric physios that, that I mentor. But when I say that I'm mentoring them, it, it all comes back in reverse as well, that, that, that we all, all work, work together. Um, and just last week, we actually had a, a networking gathering of all the sort of individual therapists who work out in the eastern suburbs where I do. So we had OTs, speeches, physios all get together and have have a drink and some afternoon tea and just share and, and yeah, so, so it's great having a network around. I think sometimes me for myself, I'm a sleep consultant, I work by myself, sometimes I miss that sense of colleague. Yeah, and that's why this this sort of network got set up because most of us are people that either work by ourselves or, you know, just pass ships that pass in the night with other therapists. So it allows us to have have a network and to to have some people to to debrief with and to 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 share with. I, there was a time where I felt like I'd seen every paediatric physio in Melbourne, <laughs> Monash to the Anglers to the Children's. <laughs> and I thought, is everyone talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> when you're just in, you know, Botox and serial casting and all that sort of stuff and the VPRS, it was just our whole world in those very early years. Physio was an enormous part of my girl's life. Yes, children. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know whether you remember, Mandy, but one of your girls wrote a book about her um, her disability he did, and it's lost at the school. They couldn't. Uh, it. it was devastating because it was. A, I wish we had that book. Uh, look, it was beautiful, and and you might not remember this part of it, but I have such a strong recollection because I'm in the book. Oh, are you? And and she speaks about her physio, Kathy, and says Kathy's really good at physio, but she's terrible at drawing, uh, and that has never left me. And she's so true. Wish I had that book because our school got demolished. Uh, what a shame! Library went. Yeah, people just got rid of stuff because we donated it to the school. But, yes. Yeah, because I remember she read it out at assembly. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. so glad you remember that. But you know, I used to write up the you know the home activity program, and I and I'd write things down, and then I'd do these little stick figure drawings, which are shocking. And, I, and I've now got some some proper drawings that I can um, copy off. But um, yeah, your little one said your drawing's terrible. She's a truth teller, still absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Now, tell me about your soccer program. I want to hear all about it. I want the world to know about it. Uh, yeah, look, that, that's a really exciting program that's sort of been probably two years in the making, but um, we've been going for about four months now. So it's an all-ability soccer program in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, it came about from a few things. I had a couple of children that I was working with that wanted to be involved in sport. And I know, Mandy, you've been down this journey with your girls too. Um, and, and finding something that was appropriate for them and engaging that they wanted to do was really difficult. And these two boys really wanted to be involved in soccer, um, but there was nothing that was kind of appropriate for them. So I've got a long history with Maroondah United Football Club, but it's the English European football, so it's soccer. Um, and I was a vice president there for 12 years. So I went, right, I've got the avenue to do something here. So we started those boys and some other kids came into to our club just within the existing program. But we soon found that it's okay for a year or two to do things with younger kids. Mm-hmm. But you want to do things with your peers and at a level that's appropriate for you. Mm. And that just wasn't available for these boys. You know, the second year we we brought them is, in as the mentors for the younger kids so that they felt like they they had responsibility and they were really proud of themselves. By the time you get to year three, you know, they're, they're beyond that. Mm. So they challenged me um, and their parents challenged me and said, come on, you've talked about doing something. Um, you need to get this going. Thanks. Yeah, so I was also working alongside um, one of my families as a physio um, that the dad was one of the soccer coaches at our club. Um, and so we used soccer with his daughter in therapy sessions because he was fanatical and so she learnt, you know, that love grew for her. So we were kind of using soccer in there and I sort of started to speak to him about, you know, my thoughts I'd had and these kids that I'd been talking to. Um, and she said, look, you know, we need to follow this up. So, you know, COVID came in the middle of all of this. Oh. And we started to do a bit of planning um, and very sadly his daughter passed away and um, he knows I'm speaking about this. Jules is a wonderful coach and just the most amazing man. And then he was the one that really challenged me and he said, right, no more talking, we need to get this thing happening. I've got spare time. I don't want to sit and think. I want to put all my energy to in this and I want to do this in honour of my daughter. The legacy from her Yeah. Life. So, of course, I couldn't say no. Like, <laughs> it, it had to happen from there. Yes, it did. Yeah. So, um, you know, he was wonderful and he started applying for grants and we got some funds to set us up. We ran a couple of pilot sessions and our hope was that we might get maybe 10 kids come along and we had three pilot sessions and I think we had 10 or 12 kids at every one and some of them were, you know, different children. So we set things up and this winter season we started the program. So we've got kids from, we're calling it for primary school age children. So kids from 5 to 12 
Excellent. And it's all abilities. So any level of ability for a child. So we have some children who have not been able to kick a ball, some others that are able to play really, really well, but they have difficulty regulating themselves or they have trouble having to pass the ball to someone else. They just want to keep the ball themselves. Um, children who are verbal, some who are nonverbal, we've got a whole variety of children. Just want to come and watch. They sound like the most beautiful group. Uh, it is so wonderful. And I've been, you know, well, we've been blown away. We have got 21 children registered for the program. Mm. And, you know, it is just wonderful. We got some support and all the children wear full soccer uniforms, the same as the Premier League I, I was players wear. There is not a P that will not buy the full uniform. That is the greatest part to be able to put your child in a uniform. It makes me want to cry right now because you just think that there's no places for our kids and to give them something to put on every week for them to be proud of, it's magic. Yep. And they didn't have to pay for them. We oh. we did that for them because we, we knew how important it was. Yes. Oh, Kathy. Oh, my word. And so is it weekly? Is it fortnightly? When is it on? Look, we're on Saturday mornings and we're actually running it fortnightly. We surveyed the parents after we ran the, the three-session pilot sort of study and the feedback from the majority was that with all their therapy and all their other things on, that weekly started to become a burden but fortnightly was achievable yes. as well as keeping some consistency and familiarity for the kids mm -hmm. so that they were able to sort of be a part of that. Yeah. Now, I know people always talk about, you know, teenagers needing sport, but there is a huge gap for primary school age children with disabilities. So good on you in making that narrow. And because I think that's when kids, if they're going to school and, and there's a bring your sports uniform day and they don't have one, you know, yeah. they've got that. And and then, you know, there's different groups for teenagers. Still, still need more, but definitely that age group I found was very difficult to find somewhere for them to belong. Yeah. And look, it's one of those things that I hope does expand to be teenagers and even an adult team. But obviously you've got to start Somewhere. small and achievable. Um, and, you know, we've been rallying volunteers as we go and we've got a, a team of volunteers who are awesome, couldn't do it without them. But as we grow that, um, you know, hopefully we can get more and more um, but look, it's it's just been such a blessing. You know, I went into this hoping that I might just impact the lives of one family. Wow. And you know what? My life has been impacted by it. There's just absolutely no doubt about it. But the very first day, um, my, my husband, Phil, came along, you know, to help us the first day and be a support. And the plan was, you know, then that he'd do stuff on the house while I did this. Yeah. And at the end of that first day, I was just in his arms bawling my eyes out about how wonderful it was and he just looked at me and he went, I'm here every time with you, I can't not do this. And that's really special to share that together because he doesn't see me work, he doesn't see, you know, me in action doing what I love. So that's really special too. Yeah, and then you realise this is to come every fortnight and to see these children doing somewhere where they previously didn't belong, that's just really awesome stuff. You can't yeah. help but rub off on you. No, no, that's right. And it's and it's such little things. And I think, you know, if, if we've got time, I'd love to tell you a couple of stories from the program. 
but I think some of these stories reflect back to every family, whether it's in their therapy or or their day-to-day life. But it's, you know, we, we make sure we celebrate the little things. Uh, and we've got one little fellow who, like I said, at, at the start, he couldn't kick the ball. And, you know, after the first day, the mum sort of said, is there any point in me bringing him along? And I went, absolutely. I said, look at the smile on his face. And then we had recently, you know, we, we were doing, you know, one of our little sessions we did and he kicked the ball and he kicked it well. Well, he put both hands up in the air and he ran along the sideline and he high-fived everyone calling out, I did it, I did it. <laughs> and if you weren't watching, you might think he just kicked a goal. But, no, he kicked the ball and it was just so special. Oh, every one of us listening can imagine that moment. That's what we call a milestone. So yeah, absolutely. I don't care about milestones, but that is a milestone that other families would go, well, my kid kicked a ball when they were nine months old. No, that is a moment. Yeah, that's right. And um, last week I had a, a session. We decided we'd do a thing where the kids had to go against the volunteers. Ah. Uh, and, you know, they, they you know, they're, I was calling out get coach Jules and he's calling out get coach Kathy and um and they got me because they're going for me first. So then I was there helping the kids to try and get Jules and one of the boys who hardly talks and he's often got headphones on to block out all the the sensory overload. He he looks at all the other kids and he goes, "Right guys, we're going to have to work together to make this happen. And I just about fell over backwards and went, oh, my goodness, how gorgeous. And then another boy looks at him and goes, you're right, teamwork is the dream work. (laughs) And I tell you what, I made sure we got Coach Jules the very next go. Yes. But all of that, all of that incredible learning and, yeah, so much at that moment. Yeah let alone the friendships. And, and oh. I was a soccer mum with Special Olympics standing on the sidelines, make, meeting new friends myself as we're all watching our adults, our young adults playing soccer. I mean, that standing on that, I, I mean, I think this time that she should be maybe going by herself, but I don't want to miss out on meeting new friends. <laughs> no, no. And look, and that was one of the other reasons we wanted to get this program going. I had um, a mum say to me, her, the child's dad just wanted to be able to go to a sporting club with his son and both of them be welcomed and included together and they hadn't found anywhere where they were able to do that. And they come down together every time and it's just so special that they share that together. And they look forward to that, Cathy. You know that that's disgusting. Yeah. Like a birthday party invitation, I always say, and Kate and I always say, we put that on the fridge, we ring all the people in our life that are excited for us about that and we tell them we've got new stories to tell yeah that's right and that and that leads me to another story we had a few weeks ago um there was two boys came running up to myself and the mum of one of the boys and one of these boys is verbal and one's non-verbal and the one who's verbal said guess what this boy is coming to my birthday party he nodded yes and I burst into tears and so did the mum see Friends. Yeah, it's and they don't have that at school. So to be able to go outside of school and find that, that is gold. Yeah, so I've used I think maybe this might be your most impactful thing, Kathy, do you think? 
Uh, it feels like it to me at the moment. From day one, I just went, oh, my goodness, and it's and it's amazing. I've just got this renewed energy and excitement and, um, yeah, want to just do more. So, you know, for the for the therapies, as we call you out there, who are listening and feeling like, you know, maybe you're stuck or you've come through COVID and, heck, it was hard and, you know, maybe there is some time to think outside the square a little bit. And look, and this is amazing therapy as, as well as everything else that's a part of it. Nice. And it's fitness. And we know all our research shows us the importance of fitness and particularly as children start to get a little bit older and kids with cerebral palsy and other disabilities, just how important it is to get that exercise. And we've got to find a spot where they're passionate. If you're not having fun doing what you're doing, you're not going to want to keep doing it. So that's what you know, that's what this program's about. That's what my my therapy is like with the toys and the games and that we play. You've got to engage the child. You've got to engage the family and and make them want to be a part of it. And, you know, it's like they say, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day of your life. Well, it's the same with our therapy. If you love what you're doing, it isn't work. It's not exercise. It, it, it's just fun. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I'm thinking about my own girl. And <laughs> That she would say, I just like to lie in my bed on my iPad. But then she loves running around. And there was days where, uh, you know, when I look at her leg and that surgery and that horrible recovery and all of those times, and I think she was very fortunate to have that surgery, to live here in Australia. I never take that for granted. And when we graduated from the Royal Children's a couple of months ago, I'm crying in the room with everyone. Those two were like, can we go? <laughs> <laughs> mean we we need to have a moment no they were done they don't really remember which is you know I'm thankful for that but I remember every single thing oh that's right and Mandy I remember some of those moments with you very clearly still and you know it's a tough journey and it and it takes a strong strong support system that's right. For the kids and for the parents to get through it, and that's what's so wonderful about your your podcast and this whole P tribe here. So proud of everyone. Um, where can can people come and join if they live in the outer east? Can you tell us all the details? Can you yes, take uh, or do you want us to wait for next year? Look, no, we're we're saying I always just say just come along, even if you only get one session. So we we you know we've only got two months to go. Um, but, yeah, look, it's Maroondi United Football Club. We've got a Facebook page that you can go to. Um, I can give Mandy some links to that that you can have a look at. Um, we're not very good at social media. We must get onto that. You'll be able to find it all, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, feel free and contact me. And, you know, I had someone rang me last week just actually, no, I got an email at 11 p.m. The, the Friday night and I rang the mum at 8 a.m. Saturday morning and they were there when we started. They were. Um, I can imagine. And you yeah. have a dedicated parent group. Oh, they're, they're just amazing, amazing people. So, so is that in Ringwood? Uh, we're based in Croydon. Okay. So if you are someone that would like to volunteer, if you're someone that would like to come along, if you're someone that would like to learn from Kathy, just get in contact. Absolutely. That'd be awesome philanthropic and throw a truckload of money to it I always say this because you never know who's listening people are kind our P community is incredible throw the money at it 
Yeah, look, and we've had wonderful support. But, yeah, look, more volunteers and more funds would allow us to expand things further. Uh, and I'm very, very nervous to even say this thought out loud, but I'm now starting to think about whether I might set this up for a summer sport. But, um, yeah, to be, to be advised, I've got a few little ideas. In soccer, uh, football or would you do a different sport? Like a, summer a, dif- a different sport, perhaps. Yeah, working on it. I'm so excited. <laughs> incredible. Um, I'm going to bring one of my girls down one day and we will come and have a look and say hello. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. She loves football. Um, I know I've been more exposed to hearing about the Paramatildas and the Pararoos, which are the Australian football teams, and I think I didn't really know about them. So, and they have the Asia Pacific Cup this year in November in Melbourne. And so I, I, you know, even to be able to say to your families, let's all go and watch that. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Really exciting. We were fortunate. Um, Melbourne Victory ran the very first, the inaugural All Abilities Soccer Gala Day earlier this year that um, we went along with and met up with some other clubs that are doing the same sort of work. Um, and that was really exciting. And um, be able to actually play a little game against them at some time. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so we we played three three matches against other clubs. And there are some there are other clubs in other parts of Melbourne. So people can look up for that. If you contact Football Victoria, you'll actually be able to find some of the other clubs. Um, that we're the only ones that's out sort of in the eastern suburbs, but um, certainly there's a very big club at Northcote and there's quite a lot in the western suburbs. And I think there's one down in Frankston as well. So they're all around the place. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that this is a growing area um, and there's just more and more opportunities for, for kids of all abilities to get involved with sport and find their spot. I think when you've got a sporting family, I remember being at the Royal Children's and one of the physios said to me there, when we spot a sporting family, we try to encourage them. So my husband is super sporty um, and I know that was a bit of a loss in the beginning, like, okay, well, we thought our kids would be runners or play netball or, and so we had to really rejig what was that going to look like for our family. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like I said, you know, you're the people that know your child best of all. So. Um, Look for what works for your child, whether it's in sport, whether it's in therapy. And one of the things that I I wanted to um, bring up was just um, feeling free to search around. So don't feel like if you're not feeling that your um, your child's engaged and, and things are working well for you, don't think that you have to be stuck in a rut. You know, look at how you can do things differently, whether you can mix things up with your therapist, whether you can look at other opportunities that are available. Um, you know, you can, I've got lots of families that, you know, talk about this with doctors and things that someone told me I should go here and they're absolutely wonderful and I've been there and I didn't feel wonderful. And, and I'm sure, you know, there's probably people who come and see me and that we just don't gel or don't fit. I think it's really important to find that the fit for your child and for you that's just the right thing and that might be where you are. Um, but it might be perhaps looking for something different and and seeing if that works better for you. I think we also talk about taking some breaks. So it's okay to have a break from therapy. Can you? Talk Absolutely. 
Yeah, look, I, I think that's really important. And there's some families that want consistency with things, but I've got other families that we might do a burst of therapy to work on a particular goal, and then we'll just have a break for a while. Um, I've got a few kids that I actually do a, a school holidays gross motor program. I hire out an indoor sports centre and set that up. And again, that's just it's starting to become consistent that they, I don't see those kids at all during the term, but they come out with excitement for the school holiday program. And they're now starting to, um, you know, want to meet up with each other. And there's a couple of the soccer kids. So I made sure that they came in the same time slot so that they could be together. And it was now a social outing. So because sometimes therapy is so demanding. And once a child starts school, if you just save the school holidays for therapy time, You've got to have a holiday. So I, I, I tried to think a bit laterally and creatively so that they want to come out to do something. And then if there's a particular therapy need, I can follow up on it from there. But I think it's really important to take that time out. I always say like, you know, when you when my girls are 18 now, I don't look back and think that Tuesday in 2010 when I cancelled Kathy, it didn't matter. Absolutely. And look, one of family and we just had to have a jammies day and we just had to get through it yeah and look, one of the things that I try to make sure I tell all my families when I meet up with the new families and I revisit it regularly with families is that there is never to be any guilt around therapy that I say if you haven't done therapy today or this week or this month that's okay. Don't ever feel any guilt. I say pat yourself on the back for anything that you've done to help your child. And I have some parents sometimes coming in and say, we haven't done anything since we last saw you. And I went, well, yes, you have because your child's smiling and they're dressed and I'm sure they've been fed and, you know, so you've done something wonderful, you know, doesn't matter if you didn't do that therapy, but let's see, can we do something different to make it more achievable or make it part of your daily routine or make it a bit more fun or what can we do? But never feel guilty when you don't do it. Just pat yourself on the back for every day that you get through and every little thing that you do for your child. I hear that, piece because I think burnout is real within therapy, especially when we've got multiple therapies, OT, speech, yep. dietitians, psychology. Sometimes we're doing a lot. And then I definitely got burned out for a while. Um, so sorry if I was ever rude. <laughs> Never. <laughs> well, sometimes for me, it's just not answering the relentless phone calls. And I'm sure that annoyed yeah. me at the time. But um, yeah, I think sometimes it's okay. Just, yeah, that that is a good reminder. We're still doing all the things we have to do every day. Yep. And, and you know, the fact that you've actually turned up, well done, that's a huge step. I used to walk into places with two of them and think, like, I'm here. This is as good as it gets. You hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked a red carpet. We wrote that in the book. If we, made <laughs> we put a red carpet in and everyone arrives feeling like royalty because there's some of those mornings where you just think, I just can't do it today. Yeah. And that's where, you know, there is, you know, value for, for the families that it works for, for having therapy in their natural environment, whether it's home or since COVID, I'm doing a lot more of meeting people at playgrounds and different parks and things. Um, we started that, you know, to be COVID safe. But but for a lot of children, if, if their thing that they're working on is related to being outdoors or in a, a playground or climbing or learning to use a swing or something, then then that's what we need to do. 
Yeah. So that is more freeing than, say, people who are working in a hospital, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm my own boss, so I get to choose where and how I do it. Which is terrific. terrific. Well, no, I don't choose it. I, I allow the families to, you know, know what you're to, to direct that. Yeah. You can do it the way you want to do it, which is sounds, and it is family-centred. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, and one of one of the other things that I, I try to do, and I've, I've got a little sort of thing I got taught as a parent that I'd love to leave with your your P, P parents, um, is someone told me when you're working, you know, when you're, you're working with your child or, you know, do, doing life with your child, try and be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermostat sets the temperature and the tone of the environment. The thermometer takes on that temperature. So when things are going crazy, a thermometer kind of gets crazy too. The, therm- the thermostat sets back and go, right, I'm not going to take on that temperature. I'm the one that's setting the temperature. And I'm trying to use that more and more in my practice. So when I've got a child that's coming in and they're dysregulated, I throw out what I was planning on doing and we might suddenly just go outside and, and run crazy or I put on music and we do the propeller or I put on some classical music in the background or trying to set the tone for things. Um, that's and that, that's been something I've used as a parent but now as a therapist and I reckon that's one to stick up on your fridge. Definitely. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. I'm a hardcore thermometer. I'm going to have to change my what That is so fascinating and a good visual for us. Yeah, because, you know, when you come into the house, you know, you set your thermostat, you, you don't let it get to 20, 30, 40 degrees because everything's heating up. You you put your thermostat on so that things regulate. Wow. that I think the peas are going to love that, Kathy. Thank you. Is there anything else we've missed that you want to tell the world? Uh, look, I think we've covered lots of things, but I was going to just tell you about one of my favorite. Am I allowed to mention a shop? Yes, please. K- Kmart is my physio friend at the moment, uh, and those of you who have got kids at that stage will know why. Yes. It is just so amazing, all their gross motor stuff that they had, and I've noticed the area is getting bigger and bigger and there's more and more things there. It's, there's just so many things that you can use. Uh, and, again, this is where you can set up your environment to have therapy happening without, you know, therapies happening. They've just got such wonderful things there with beanbags and stomp boards and foam play and uh, I I keep coming home with my boot full. Nice, and it's achievable price. Absolutely. I've noticed that myself thinking I would have gone berserk with this. My backyard would have been full. You would have had. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. And you know, there's a lot of place, lots of places I go to now that we've got all of this stuff stuff set up, and it's just so much fun. And I think sometimes just choosing the right toys and the right bit of equipment can make things a whole lot easier for you. And again, turn it into play when you, you know, I've I've just got some new bluey stickers that I found recently, and I love it because. You know, I can I can get stickers up high, so a child's on tiptoes and down on the floor, so they're doing squats, and we take them over the balance beam to put Bluey in the park, and you know, you can you can do so much just with using the right toys. So Kmart's wonderful; they've got a lot of things that can make it really easy and really fun to to do therapy without doing therapy. Nice. So 
also it doesn't break the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice, Kathy. Thank you so much. Well, I just want to say thank you personally for looking after my family, for all those times you came into this house that was probably just full of thermostatic behaviour <laughs> and being a, such a big part in my girls' recovery. Thank you. It's very special to us. And I want to encourage you with your All Abilities Soccer. And I just think what an incredible legacy um, you're uh, leaving for that family whose daughter died. For everyone yeah. remember her. Yeah, absolutely. It's very special. Then all my love to that family. And um, whatever way the piece can encourage your program, we will. And, um, yeah, congratulations. Oh, thank you. And thank you for, for the opportunity to share with you, share with your family over time and share with the, the Pea Tribe today. It's been really special. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. See ya. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.